right. Uh, so before we get into college football, I got to ask you all a legitimate question. Something that I think I'll, I've got an opinion on it, but have you all seen that? Obviously, the Falcons and the Jags are playing in London on Sunday morning at 930. Mm-hmm. But there's a Toy Story broadcast that they're going to be doing on Nickelodeon. Well, yeah, or, I don't. I thought the I thought the broadcast was also. I thought the Toy Story theme part was going to be on was ESPN Plus. Yeah, maybe that's it. See, I, I'm not for that. I want to watch a football game, not watch a damn Pixar movie. Oh, I mean, I completely I disagree. Love, a huge fan love Toy Story, of the Nickelodeon Toy Story. This is a. I think this is a great thing. It's got to be Disney. It's got to be Disney. Are you Nickelodeon? Yeah. Are you are you a fan? So are you a fan of what they've been doing with the slime and stuff on Nickelodeon? I honestly hate it. I'm just playing. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. The um, what's it called? SVP? Is that what it is? The slime valuable player. The what? What do they call him? I don't. I don't actually. MVP. The the Nickelodeon valuable player. MVP. That's what it is. Mitch Trubisky won it the first year. It's it's funny because it's whoever. Pardon my take. Wants to win it, they wind up getting all the all the AWLs end up winning it, uh, or they end up voting to decide who wins it. I think the Toy Story thing is such a sham because they're trying to play on something that is like a cross generational lo- beloved movie because they just came out with Toy Story four a couple years ago. So like, I still haven't watched it. Me neither. Uh, but people our age, I age, I should say, I'm older than you guys. You know, but we all grew up on Toy Story. But then, I don't want to use my head. I'm talking about when they run the dinosaur. Into yes. The vent. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I, was I like, love it. I was like, what are you doing right now? No, I remember that. You don't I remember, remember the when they ran the T Rex into the vent? I remember. Sorry, I yeah, yeah. That's like my favorite scene in Toy Story. It's <laughs> the second one, though. Sorry. So, Chicken Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel like they're trying to get kids into the NFL in the wrong way. Like the 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 Nickelodeon broadcast or the playoff game, I thought was a really cool concept because they're like, "Oh, SpongeBob's going to be there, and Patrick's going to be there, and all your favorite things." And then it was just like, "This is a really terrible animation of slime when they would get in the end zone, and it was like not cool at all." Well, maybe the broadcast wouldn't be so bad if some people didn't have big meaty claws. What was that, Chad? Big meaty claws. Rowdy Southern Saturday, also Nickelodeon sponsored. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. Or DeSantis. <laughs> so, 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 can we talk so, about football now? No, I mean, we're talking about football. I just figured, you know, we we generally open the the floor with, you know, we just go straight into analysis. But I saw the commercial like where, while, while we're watching Monday Night Football. They had the commercial in Falcons Jags. So it's it's Rowdy Southern Saturday's hate week uh, while everyone hates me. But they really don't hate me because there's nothing to hate about the Jags. There's nothing scary about the there's, Jacksonville Jaguars. There is one thing to hate about the Jags that I've told Witt about that if you live in the greater Savannah and South Georgia area, you know what I'm talking about. The one thing that I I have no bones with the Jags, but the one thing I do have bones about is that if the Falcons and Jags share a network, we don't get the Falcons. We get the Jags because we're closer to Jacksonville. Which brought me that which is the whole reason I be, I, I became a Jags fan back in 2006 on principle. It was like, hey, 
Because everyone was like, oh, you got to pull for the home team. Because this is whenever I would get crap for being an Alabama fan. They're like, oh, you got to pull for the home team. You live in Georgia. You got to pull for the Bulldogs. And I was like, you pull for the Falcons. And they said, yeah, because we live in Georgia. And I'm like, Jacksonville's closer. I'm like, no, no, Jacksonville's not. That, that doesn't matter. And I'm it like, it, it, Jacksonville it is, is closer though. to Savannah. So if we're going to play the home team argument, I'm going to pull for the Jags because Jags are the home team. I was going to say is the, it like an hour and a half. Out of all the teams you cheer far. for, Jacksonville makes the most sense, including the Braves. Jacksonville by far makes the most sense. I mean, how far is how far? Yeah. What is it? Hour and a half? Two hours? Hour and a half. Hour Jacksonville's four, like an hour and a half. Atlanta's a, three, three and a half. It four. was an hour 45 from my front door to the stadium because I used to go all the time to games when I was in high school. You can be at the Florida state line outside of Camden County in what? An hour? Oh yeah, I mean, well, like because of that, where we lived, our proximity to ninety five made it even better. Oh, so, you like, just hop right on ninety five from like from from here in Statesboro. It's a little further because you got to get you're yeah, on, get on 16, sixteen and then ninety five, or just shoot three hundred one straight down, which is a dull drive. Um, but yeah, I mean, like so so to me, that that was that's how I became a Jags fan was on principle of people telling me like, oh, you got to pull for the Bulldogs, man. You live in Georgia. Uh, you got about the home team. I'm like, all right, well, if you want to talk about home teams, why so do I know for a fact the accent you're using? Like, I know you're making fun of like South Georgia, Georgia fan like accents. I know for a fact the people that said that to you sounded just like that. Yes, well, absolutely. Well, look, we, they're they're from Nahana. No, no, it's because they're it's because they're from Vidalia, Vidalia, and, 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 and lines, lines, and lines, and Soperton, and Portal, and Portal, Georgia, and and we live in Millen. And and gotten gotten. Look, I'm just a and city Rocky boy. Ford. I'm just and a so, city boy, so, born and bred in Atlanta. I don't even know what the hell you guys are talking about right now. And we're naming towns, baby. Man, I tell you this: I went up to the Walmart and I saw they had buy one get one free on them Georgia shirts. I had to grab them, man. That's a killer deal. I tell you what, that's a better. You get the best bold peanuts if you go down to Ludowisi and you go into IGA. No, no, no. It's Max and Guyton. In my, oh, and Max and Gotten, boy, I always thought you went down to the IGA in Ludowissey because Ludowissey, if it ain't got an IGA, the Dollar General's in the same building. You just got to split right down the middle and you just walk out one door and into the other one. In Ludowissey now. Not in Jessup, but in Ludowissey. All in Long County. All in Long County, baby. Go Blue, blue Tide, right? Long County, Blue, blue Tide. tide. So, anyways, it, uh, now that it, you've had, it does not get more SEC football than that, people. Just I hope oh, you guys I swear to God, it. dude, we are the we are the epitome of SEC. Well, well it's funny because Wit, uh, this is a good transition. You were in Alabama this weekend in Tuscaloosa uh, with Nathan. So uh, I, Nathan said that y'all met several people were that were from towns in Alabama that no one had heard of. <laughs> so you know that it, it kind of all falls into place. If you are from the southeast. And you pull for an SEC team, odds are that there's going to be somebody that comes into your state and they say, Oh, like, for example, if you go into Alabama, there's a town that is spelled G U I N. And people say, Oh, yeah, I was driving uh, to, the, to the stadium and I passed through Gwynn. And they're like, Where the hell is Gwynn? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's over there on the west side of Tuscaloosa. And you say, Oh, you mean Gwynn? That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> you, you, you mean you went through gooing? <laughs> and, and so that, like, same thing with Georgia. In, like, in, in Columbia County, it's spe- there's a town. It's spelled M A R T I N E Z. What do you think? How do you think it's pronounced? 
Martinez. Martinez. Not Martinez. It's Martinez. Well, I mean, it's it's very much uh, like very southern. Well, in in Warner Robins, the county is spelled Houston, but it's pronounced Houston. Houston. It's, it's Houston. Yeah, Houston County. County. And and it's like make it make sense, man. What is it with all these southern towns and the and these and these weird pronunciations? But wait, tell us about your your afternoon in the beautiful Bryant Denny Stadium with two of the most elite combinations of uniforms on display: the powder on white on gray with the the crimson on white. The uh, well, I was about to say. I don't even want to know the names of these Alabama towns on the outskirts of Tuscaloosa because I guarantee you they are way worse than whatever you guys are spouting off about South Georgia. Because I don't know, I don't know shit about Alabama besides Auburn, Tuscaloosa, Mobile, and Montgomery and Birmingham. That's about it. So I don't even want to know. I don't want to know what's in between and Leeds only because they have a Bucky's and we stopped at Bucky's on the way back. Um, but Tuscaloosa always a good time. I tweeted about it. You know, enemy territory. Nathan decided to go with the Ole Miss baseball jersey, which, of course, great look for him. But we did get a lot of Alabama fans jumping in our faces. Oh, we're in the wrong colors, bro. And what's funny is the only people that did that were like douchey frat guys and teethless, old, crazy people from cities that I don't know in Alabama. From Gouin, Alabama. From Gouin, Alabama. Trust me. Gouin, Alabama. These guys, every time they came up to us, completely teethless. Like, they maybe had one or two. And the first thing I thought was, that person is either on crack or has been on crack at some point in their lives. Teethless. Um, But they were actually actually nicer than the frat douchebags. I mean, they came up and first they'd go, man, you think you can just walk around here in that powder blue? You're wearing the wrong color, sir. This is tire country. But I guarantee you, those same... Hillbilly people invited you over to their tailgate and had you some good homemade cooked food. They didn't have tailgates. They were walking around. It was them and their wives or them and their one of their kids or something or them by themselves homeless. And they, they didn't have any tailgates they were going to. They were walking around. They probably go to one game a year because that's all they can afford. And they well, that's, uh, just, that's very judgmental. <laughs> it was sad. It, no, I'm, yeah, it was it, no, they didn't. They didn't. I'm serious. But they were. But they were nice. So they would say that, and then they'd be like, man, I'm just playing with Demanio. You guys are going to beat the hell out of us. And Nathan goes, no, no, I'm, man, I'm, I'm just as scared as y'all are. He goes, you, you know, we're all Miss. We haven't beat Alabama since 20, was it 2015 last time they beat Alabama? 2015. Yeah, so Nathan was like, I don't know why everybody's scared, but I will say, I mean, frat douches, old people whose kids go there that were there for parents weekend, the crazy teethless crackheads, all of them were terrified of the game before. And it's the first time I've been to an Alabama game where not every Alabama fan is going around going, oh, we are, we're going to beat crap out of whoever we're playing. Oh, we're Alabama. We're, we win seven national championships in one season. Like, we're, you know, we don't ever lose. And this is the first time ever. Every time you talk to them, man, we just suck this year, man. We go, we about to get our asses whooped by all Miss and, and all Lang Train, boy. Like, every single person we went up to was like that. And Nathan was even like, that's kind of eerie. Like, the... <laughs> The vibes around Tuscaloosa are kind of odd, and I—I uh, oh, I mean it. Yeah, it, it, I felt I kind of felt the 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 negative energy going into it, but and then I kept like when we were making our picks last week, I, I didn't even mention this, but if y'all had to guess, and I don't know, I don't know if you've heard it since the games ended or not, how many times in the history of Ole Miss Alabama playing football do you think that Ole Miss has gone into Bryant Denny and won? One. Two. 
Two. Two. They won it in 2015 and then in 1988. You know, you know a stat. That's I, it. Two and two and 38 now. It was two and 37 pre. So 40 trips to Tuscaloosa. Ole Miss is two and 38 now. I want to hear a wild stat I heard today. What do you think Lane Kiffin's record is against teams ranked in the AP top? Twenty-five, think, eight think, and twenty-five. I think it's ten. Eight and twenty-five. No, it's one and seventeen. Since, oh, in the top ten. Since he's been 10. at Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's one and seventeen, and it brings it, like it, I, I. Well, you you can guess who I heard that from today. The only other guy I listened to, but I mean, it, it brings back to a point. And I mean, Alabama looked really good. It did. Like Alabama's def- Alabama's offense. Really, no. All right. No. Their defense looked really good. Allow me to rephrase that. Their defense looked really good. Alabama's defense might be one of the best in the country. Hey, Jalen Milrow, man. He's hey, coming. Milrow, He's broken boy. out, boy. Here he comes. Tell, boy, that boy looks good, don't he, boy? Woo! We're going to see him in a Waffle House That's, and buy his dinner. <laughs> Bryce Young, round two, baby. You saw that I one know, throw. Like, but, but seriously, though, like it begs the question, Matt, you've been asking this, I think going back to last year. What's what's Lane Kiffin's big win at, at Ole Miss? Is it ten, it's, Tennessee twenty twenty one? It's it's Texas A and M twenty twenty one. I mean, and then if you if you Indiana in a bowl game in the Outback Bowl it was in twenty twenty. That was a weird year. Ex- exactly, but that's what I'm saying. So I mean, like, but if you want to go through, if you want to go through Lane Kiffin's big wins. What was Tennessee that year? Seven and five, eight and f- finish year eight and five, I believe. Yeah, they finished eight. No, they lost 20, their bowl game. They finished tw- seven and six. Twenty one. They may, maybe they were maybe they were eight and six. I don't want to say they were. No, like they were seven and six. All right, so seven and six, seven and six. Tennessee on the road is that your best win? You're gonna hang your hat on beating a, a, an okay on the rise Tennessee team on the road. Has he lost to Mississippi you, State? Yes. Yes, last year he lost to Mississippi State last, last year. year. Oh, yeah, it was that was final win. That was and and. Here's here's the where the questions around Ole Miss start to surround, and you know I've, I've, I'll get into my Alabama stuff in a second. But if you're Ole Miss and you were coming into the season, and and I think we were all had them around eight and four, that's still very reasonable right now. I mean eight and four is, but but if you're Ole Miss and you come into this year and you see what Alabama is, and you take take preseason stuff out of it, and you look at it objectively. And Alabama's an eight and four, nine and three team at best. I mean, they just are. With the, the they've got a they've got a national championship caliber defense with a six and six offense. <laughs> I, I mean, that's it, true. And, though. And, but, that's I mean, so true. It, it is. It's a, it's a national championship caliber defense with a six and six offense. It'll average out. It'll buff out. They'll they'll be eight and four, nine and three when it's all said and done. Most likely, I'm not. I mean, that, that just is where I see them. Falling, the, the the cards falling. But if you're well, so, all right, I have a serious question before you go on. Where, I mean, so that's what I'm getting to like, with Ole Miss. Yeah, like LSU, LSU, Tennessee. I'm not, I'm not finding, like, I'm not finding losses. Well, I mean, LSU, Tennessee, A and M is that at Starkville this weekend? At Starkville, no, no chance, <laughs> no chance. They are hideous. Well, I will say this. I mean, Nick, I I don't know if this is Nick Nick Saban's version of a troll job, but today in his press conference, he's asked about Mississippi State. He says, "Well, this is a much tougher test than we've had the past two weeks." So, so I don't know if that's a shot at Lane Kiffin. I don't know if it if it's like a little bit of a rolling because 
this is where I was going with with my my Lane Kiffin stuff. If if you're Ole Miss, it's time to sit down and have a very serious conversation with yourself, because Lane Kiffin spent all week last week talking smack on Twitter. He posts the Castle's Crumbling Taylor Swift song. He posted this, all these ominous tweets about how, you know, the d- d- different viewpoints into dying dynasties and different things that Lane Kiffin just poking the bear a little bit, and uh, which I wouldn't suggest. But when you see that, and Lane Kiffin, like as an Ole Miss, from an Ole Miss perspective, you say Ole Miss should win this game. I mean, and you look at the Alabama team that showed up the first three week, weeks of the season, outside of the first three quarters of the Texas game, Ole Miss should have won that game. And then you look at, watch the way the game played out. Ole Miss had every opportunity to win that game. But now if you're, you, Lane Kiffin's been a week trolling Nick Saban. He planted a question about who was calling the defense, which is confirmed. The guy who asked the question said, I was texted by an SID that was that told me to ask that question about who's calling the defense or about Kevin Steele's defense. And then Lane Kiffin went into this whole spiel about how it was actually a DB coach and not Kevin Steele calling defense, yada, yada, yada. Now, Chestnut checkers, maybe Nick Saban was playing chess and planted that question, planted that theory out there himself just to troll Lane a little bit. I don't know. But Lane Kiffin does not have a marquee win at Ole Miss. He had an opportunity to set himself up in a wide open SEC West that I don't think anybody's very good in. A wide open SEC West. Ole Miss had a chance to take control this past weekend and missed it. And What's like Lane Kiffin complains about, oh, well, you know, NIL and this and that. Lane Kiffin, you got to win a game, dude. That's that's bad. They do still control their own destiny. Sure. And and this is what I said last week when we were doing our analysis on this game. This game to me was bigger for Ole Miss than it was for Alabama. It was so much more massive. And the opportunity that they had was more massive because guess what? Like next three games for uh, Ole Miss are home against LSU this weekend, which now is a must win. If you lose that game, if you lose that game, you're done. Then you have home against Arkansas, who their record is not. What you would expect it to be? They played very. But they, t- they, they played very tough Saturday. They, they played tough the Saturday before. They're not getting blown out in these games. No. They're going to give you their they best. Still shot. have a very good quarterback. Then you have a bye week, and then you go to Auburn, which Auburn looks horrible on offense. But it's Jordan Hare, Black Magic. It's still a place where Ole Miss has had a house of horrors. Then you get Vandy, then you go to Athens, then you get A and M. Then you get Monroe before you finish up with the Egg Bowl. I mean, if you lose this weekend, there's a real likelihood that you could lose the following weekend against Arkansas. Now you're looking at three and three, and with a bunch of transfers in, with six games left to play, how are, uh, what are they playing for? What are these transfers playing for? There's no, there's no title Ole Miss. They don't give a crap. They just paid the most NIL money. With, I'm very interested in what you have to say because I wanna, I want you to have some time because I know Matt is going to have a strong answer to this question. What is your opinion of Lane Kiffin now 
versus what it was after he went to FAU and refined himself coming into 2020 before he was hired? Is it any different now than it was then? And if so, do you believe that the seat is warming around him if he loses this weekend? So my opinion of Lane Kiffin coming from FAU to Ole Miss was that he's a good play caller, great offensive mind, not a good head coach. And I thought he kind of proved that when he was at USC, proved it when he was at Tennessee, um, just because he's not – he doesn't have that thing in your brain that tells you not to do something stupid or that tells you to tone it back when you got to tone it back. And he's proven that at Ole Miss since he's been there. And honestly, I think he's done better at Ole Miss than I thought he would do. I don't think he's a bad coach. I know a lot of people are kind of dragging him a little bit. Um, I know after he was supposed to go to Auburn, people were kind of dragging him too. I think the deal with Lane Kiffin is look what he did with Ole Miss with what he had that Matt Luke left him. And so to me, I think he's done a good job. Do I think he's going to win a national championship there? No. Do I think he's going to get them to a point where like somebody could take over and win a national championship there? No, I don't. I don't really think that Ole Miss is an easy national championship team though either. I don't think it's a, it's a school and it should, I mean, it should be because Oxford's awesome. They have the alumni backing, but they don't have the facilities, number one, not yet. And they probably will at some point. They easily could. Um, and then number two, it doesn't have that brand name recognition on the terms of like the Georgias, the Alabamas who have won the national championship and have showed that they could do it before. It has the brand name ne- recognition of like a, like an A&M that's like a huge, like it's big name, a big time SEC, classic old, like Ole Miss, state of Mississippi team. But at the end of the day, it's in the state of Mississippi. So I think Lane has done a good job with what he has at Ole Miss. But to me, Lane is always going to be a top eight to 15 head coach. He'll never be a top five head coach in the country. I agree. I agree with that very much. And and I think there's one thing that we don't really talk about that kind of gets passed over sometimes is in the SEC West – and in the SEC in general, Ole Miss, I think, is a very hard job. I think, I think honestly, aligned with Auburn, it may be the hardest job in the West, like second hardest job in the West. I personally like believe that Auburn is the hardest job in the country. I think states states a really hard job. Not, not minus are, the expectations. They don't have the expectations think, at Ole Miss. And I think Auburn. right that's, that's now, right now, Auburn's the hardest job in the country because they have to go play Auburn Alabama is, and Georgia every single year. Auburn is always going to be the hardest job in the country. That's a conversation for later. But to me, Auburn is the hardest job in the entire country. It always has been, and it always will be. It I think is the hardest job. We don't have to country. get into that, but I think it, a lot of it has to do with the state of the SEC West. Also, the state of Georgia and the state of the well, SEC West has to do with that. Well, I think it has everything to do with that. Auburn is a blue blood. Auburn is a blue blood with expectations that are the same. David Scoggins also thinks so. <laughs> They're teetering. They're teetering. <laughs> teetering. Hugh Freeze might take them over the edge. Hugh yeah, Freeze might not Florida though. No Florida. Not, Miami. Not Florida, Miami, not in, Miami in. Miami in. Because again, Ohio State either. Because they're in Florida. But Florida out right, because but, they were good. They were good. Back any, to anyway, us, so. back on top. Anyway, back in, on top. In, turn inside the page. Joke. Turn the page. Inside joke. Turn the page. Seriously, Ole Miss is a very hard job. I think someone. I agree. We, we've had this conversation about Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. We've had this conversation about Arkansas. At, and I know me and Matt have had, had same some conversations like off the air between the two of us. And Ole Miss fans truly believe that they are 
they can be relevant. Well, yeah, they can be they can be a top tier program. And look, as much as you guys talk about Oxford, I'm I mean I've been dying to go, I haven't gone, but I've heard nothing but good things about Oxford my whole life. I think there is a little bit of a stigma surrounding the state of Mississippi that makes that job so hard and the fact that you have to go up against three blue bloods in your conference in Auburn, Alabama, and LSU year in and year out with the rise of Texas A&M, with Mississippi State, who, while they're not that good, they're always going to try to come for your throat. And then you have Arkansas, who's really not bad. Like, it is a very, very hard job. It is. It's a hard job. It, Somebody has to raise their hand and go, are we but, really not okay with nine and three? Well, yeah, but, but here's the problem, Chad. And this is why no one's – and I, I donate money to the Grove Collective as an alumni. That money goes to NIL. Wow, Matt makes a lot of money, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's my thing. We we last year Lane Kiffin threatens the idea of leaving going to Oxford or leaving going to Auburn. The Grove Collective raises nine million dollars. Boom. Here you go. Here's your NIL money. What 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 more do you need? Well, that's all I really needed. Well, the facility upgrades. They just built a brand new locker room. They just built a brand new weight room. They did a, like a $350 million renovation on the Manning Center, which has completely been renovated super nice. They have in the workings an entire stadium renovation that they were going to do, but they put that on pause for right now because they wanted to put more money into NIL. If you're Ole Miss, and this is why I say, you say, well, who's going to raise their hand and say nine and three is not so bad? You're paying him Ryan Day money. You're paying $9 million a year for him. Ole Miss has put themselves monetarily in the conversation for being a top job in the SEC. If they, the fan base has done everything they've been asked of and more, it's time for you to win a freaking football game if you're Lane Giffen. And on the flip side, I do understand the argument because, yeah, it is Ole Miss. But, but Ole Miss fans and Ole Miss alums are tired of hearing the Little old Miss type type thing where they say we've got the money, we've got the facilities. You say NIL is what you need, go get any player that you want. Now the allocation of that NIL is where my problem is with Lane Kiffin, and I'll wrap this up very briefly. Well, I have one quick question. Okay, go ahead. Is the seat warm? Not yet. Not yet. I, I think people are people are pissed for sure. But he just signed a, an extension, nine million dollar extension last year. So like nine million a year for four years plus a two year like wrapped up basically guaranteed $54 million that he's guaranteed over the next six years. You, you Ole Miss, while they do, while the alum, the fan base is putting money in there, they aren't at a point where they're going to be like, Hey, pay them out and go get somebody else. It's not, I think where the fan base is though, is they're, they're saying, look, and what I'm saying about the NIL, all right, Keon Coleman had an absolutely critical game winning catch for Florida state this past year. He was all but signed to go to Ole Miss animal. He's an animal. He was all but signed. All he wanted was a little bit more money for NIL. So instead of giving him more NIL money, what did Lane Kiffin do? He spent over a million dollars on Spencer Sanders for him to be a backup quarterback. Tell me, that, that's the stuff. And then you've got freshman receiver Aiden Williams, who in practice was balling out, hasn't touched the field. Even with all these injuries that Ole Miss has had at receiver, doesn't touch the field. Jaden Williams, last year's starting left tackle, beat out Mason Brooks, who's on an NFL practice squad right now. Magically not playing. Eli Acker, returning guard, not playing, not starting this year. And so then there's all these holes on Ole Miss's offensive line. They can't get the run game going. 
well, what about all these guys? So it at some point, either Lane Kiffin's going to have to be more transparent with what's going on with the program and stop this, oh, well, you can't question me, I'm the head coach type deal. But when they're saying, like, we're, like Ole Miss fans are saying, we, we're putting a ton of money and backing into this, and you're not allocating these funds properly. And so with that note, Deion Coleman, Florida State, game-winning catch, nasty, Florida State-Clemson, the best game of the noon slot. Absolutely. And was phenomenal from start to finish. One of the best games of the day. One of the best games of the day. And let, let me just – let me say this. Florida State proved how legitimate they are. They are absolutely a top-four team in the country. They're going to be very hard to beat going down the stretch. And let me tell you why. Because if you watch the first half of that game – did that not look like the old Clemson defense that we that we usually see? Boy, Clemson's defense played lights out in the first half. Man, they looked good. They were flying, man. They, they were flying fast. around. They looked fast. The offense was moving the ball. Cade Klubnick was – and listen, I, I, from everything I've seen from Cade Klubnick, Clemson's struggles have nothing to do with him. Like I think the kid, I think the kid's good. I think he's very mediocre. I think the kid's pretty good. I think the kid's pretty good. Jordan Shipley. I think with him and Jordan Ship or Will, Will, Shipley, Will Shipley. Excuse me, Jordan Shipley. Shout out Texas wide receiver, two thousand nine. Will but, Shipley. Uh, Will Shipley is good. He's a good player. Will Shipley is good. He's between one of the better Will running backs in the country, easily. Yes. Oh, between between Will Shipley and and Cade Klubnick, that offense doesn't have anything else. Look, if the Falcons didn't already have three good running backs, I would I would want Will Shipley on the Falcons. And honestly, it's Arthur wanna, Smith will probably draft him in the top ten. I don't want to talk about the Falcons. I really don't. <laughs> It'll only aggravate me. We, we, we talked about the Falcons. We talked about the Falcons. Falcons are over. <laughs> but seriously, Clemson. That's why I'm so like hesitant to write off Dabo. Sometimes, look, I think I agree with Matt completely. I think their run at the top of the ACC and competing for. National championships is over. But that was my Bobby Bowden comparison because Florida oh, State was Florida State was the same way. Like same every way. every year they were going to be a top ten floating team. They could yeah. beat you on any they given day, day. But they're going to lose a couple of games that they shouldn't, you know. I think Clemson's probably going to float around nine and three, ten and two. They'll probably go to the ACC championship. They might not win it. They will win it some years. I mean, but so like seriously, I thought the Clemson of old kind of came out and it looked like that team. I don't think Dabo's lost a lot. No, no, at no, all. No. Dabo hasn't lost a lot. No. It, it all boils down to this. For I'm going to say one more thing about Clemson. Dabo has to make the decision to use the portal. Dabo has to change his ways, and Dabo has to use NIL and the portal to his advantage. If he doesn't, Clemson is over with. If he does, Clemson's still enough of a name brand in the conference that's not getting any stronger with the three teams you added. And, I mean, Miami is still got a long way to go. Florida State's back. North Carolina actually looks like they've got a defense this year, mm. a little bit a little bit more than usual. A little, I'm not saying they're world beaters. But regardless, Florida State, what a flip they switched in the second half. Jordan Travis is still a beast. Keon Coleman is a beast. This team, those are games you're going to look back later on in the year a road game in Death Valley that we're going to look back and go, man, you remember when those guys went into Clemson week four and and came back and had a gritty win on the road? Now, granted, the kicker missed field goal. Yeah. But, but still, you, but like that's a gritty you, win. But did you hear the story about that kid? Oh, yeah, they picked him up like five days ago. Well, I mean, he was on the team for three years was as the backup kicker, was on his way to New York. To, he just took a job in New York, and then they were like, hey, come back. We want you to kick for us. You're going to start. And – 
So I don't even put any of that on him. He had made a field goal earlier in the game cool and story. kicked every extra point. I mean, cool story. A cool story. Cool he story, sh- but you really shouldn't show your face around campus at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like it's a poor guy. Honestly, you're like cool, poor sto- guy, cool story. But if you're in race, I'll be the guy. I'm going to raise my hand. If you know that that's your kicker situation, why do you play for the field goal in that spot? Did you hear what Dabo said no, about him? But, but they they fourth and what? But I'm not talking about like they should have kicked the field goal. But I mean the offensive play calling up to that point was we're going to go super conservative. Oh, they did. They went they, they, they went conservative. They're the like, oh, down there. Like and they're like, oh, okay, we're in field goal range. But come on, know your know your stuff. No, wait, I did not hear what Dabo said. So before the game, they asked Dabo. It was either before the game or the day before. They asked Dabo why. Are we signing a walk-on kicker like the day before the game, the week before the game, whatever? And it's a guy you pretty much just picked up out of class. He goes, "Well, here's what's going to happen: either it's going to be really, really good and a big story the next the next week, or it's going to be really, really bad and a big story the next week. So we'll just see what happens." He was like laughing. I, I saw a video that showed that it was an ESPN reporter talking to him, and then like it flipped over straight to the kicker completely shaking the kick to win Which, the game. I'm, I mean. I feel like, and I'll be, I'm surprised that this has been the way it is, but at least on Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter, the artist formerly known as Prince. The letter uh, app. The, the letter app that, honestly, I feel like he's been getting a lot of, like, not like, oh, don't hate on him. It's not really his fault. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, no, because they still had a chance in overtime. Yeah, I mean. and they did. And, and he made all of his other kicks, so it's not like he. And there was a, what? There was a minute 45 seconds left when he missed the kick. So it's not like it was a guaranteed thing that Florida State wasn't going to go down and get six. So if if he would have made it, if yeah. Florida State goes down and gets six and wins 34 to 30, 35-31, or what still, was it at that point? Still, no, it was 31-27. It still, still wouldn't have been a I call. still blame him. Like, it's I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got. I do say, like, I'm like, in your to your point, it it fourth and whatever, you have to yeah, kick you it. You got to kick it. It, it. it is well within his range. It's not like you're asking him to make a 56 yard field goal coming off the bench for the first time in a hostile environment on the road with one second left in the game, and they put Chris Davis back there underneath the goalpost. It's not like that happened. That's that's not what happened. So Auburn's gonna win the football game. Don't, uh, anyways, so. <laughs> I just think for Florida State, they they look legit. They look the part. However, got some questions because that like that's two weeks in a row they've had these lulls where they're either hot or cold, and it's kind of like LSU, which I'll get to in a second because that to me was the game of the day, outside of like the the last bit of Ohio State Notre Dame, which was also awesome. Uh, so much to talk. Florida State was great. Florida State looks good, but the Boston College game still resonates in my head, and I feel like there's going to be a game that Florida State's not – they're going to slip up. They're not going into this thing perfect. I wonder if it could be the last week of the year, maybe on Black Friday, say, in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So, going SEC, back to the SEC now, because this this game was incredible. 7 o'clock kick in Baton Rouge. I guess six o'clock central night game in Death Valley, Arkansas, LSU. What a battle, man. And and we talked about these two teams when we were talking about Ole Miss. These are the next two opponents for Ole Miss that are upcoming. LSU versus Arkansas. LSU absolutely is is the most bipolar team in the country, in my opinion. And it all happens within games. 
Uh, Whit, did you get much of this game on the on the way back from uh, from T Town? I got it on my phone while Nathan was driving, trying to. Uh, Nathan was like half asleep. We should we should not have driven back. I, I told him like multiple times we needed to go to Birmingham, but he he insisted. So I tried to keep him up by watching the game and narrating throughout the whole thing. So every time something happened, I'd be like, "Oh, LSU first down. Oh, three yard catch. Three yard catch. Like just just random crap like that." Uh, but I did get to watch the game. I thought both teams looked really good, and uh, I was a little surprised how close Arkansas made it, being that it was in Death Valley, Arkansas week before. They looked good against BYU, but they lost to BYU. So at the end of the day, I'm like, LSU should come out and, and beat the crap out of them. But Arkansas held their own. Um, I honestly feel like this is an Arkansas team that could go five and seven or six and six this year and have at least seven or eight one possession games. Like they're just that they're that good. They could win every single game they're in, but they they also could lose every single game they're in. And most of the games in the SEC West, they probably should lose and probably will lose. And it's the same story as it was last week against BYU. 11 penalties. 11 penalties. Well, and it, here's here's the I will say this. If you watch the game, LSU's ends are elite. Their front set like LSU is a very it's a weird thing because it's a weak secondary, but it's a very good uh, yeah, it's a very is, good front of the defense. Which is typically when you think of an LSU defense, you think outstanding secondary Pretty good linebackers, okay on the front. The, the front seven's okay. This year it's the opposite. The front seven's really, really strong. Secondary is a is a liability, Horrible. quite frankly. And those ends were putting pressure really good, like really heavy on KJ Jefferson, which forced penalties on Arkansas, who's just not really good at the tackle position, quite frankly. Which is an indictment of Sam Pittman because he's an offensive, he's an line, offensive guy. line coach. So I mean, I, I do understand the the little bit of frustration there for for the natives of Arkansas. K, uh, KJ Jefferson is completely carrying Arkansas on his back. Oh yeah, absolutely. But honestly, if, the last if, three years it's been that way. If he gets hurt in, in Arlington, oh, it's over. It the, Arkansas season's done, it's and over. he was he was. You could see him starting to take the brunt of it the other day, and and that LSU game where I mean he's just taking a beating. He's getting up slower. He did do better later in the game. He was sliding a little bit more, not taking on as much contact. But you could see the hits starting to wear on him in that game. And I said the same thing with if he gets hurt, their season's done. Yep. You gotta give KJ. You gotta give KJ credit though. One thing that we can say about KJ in all four years that were however many years we've seen him start at Arkansas, that kid's so tough. Oh, yeah, that boy absolutely. is so tough, dude. He is an absolute stud. And like, I hate that he's not going to have an NFL. I just I don't see KJ having a long NFL career no. because of how beat up he's gotten well, in college. I, I don't see that him having a uh, much of a career, anyways, because he's a a great value version of Cam Newton. Like, he's got the Cam Newton attributes, the legs, the arm strength. Not necessarily the accuracy, but he doesn't have the size. He's not as big as Cam Newton. He's a big, he's a, he's a big he's, kid. He's not as tall as Cam Newton. He's more right. He's right, wider right. than Cam Newton. Um, but I'd say one one kid to look out for in Arkansas if you're going to play the Hogs this year and you've got him on your schedule, Luke Haas. That kid yes. at 106. Yeah. That freshman tight end, dude. He's a big boy. He's 6'3", 242 pounds. Kids a it's a load, dude. He, he found he 116 way. yards. He 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 read the defense really well and would sit in some soft zones. Made a couple of really good plays that that kept that game close. Here, here's the thing for Arkansas, and we kind of talked about it last week. 
this could spiral kind of badly for Sam Pittman here because it doesn't get any easier for them. Texas A&M has looked pretty darn good this year, and they're going to play them in Arlington this week. You've got uh, following that, that following that you're going into Oxford, which we talked about that being a tough game for Ole Miss. That's also a very wounded Ole Miss team that's going to be hungry in that game, wanting to avenge a terrible loss in Fayetteville last year. Sam Pittman's indictment, I think, this year is not going to be on wins and losses. It's going to be on whether or not Arkansas remains competitive in fights. Because, yeah, they lost to BYU, and this is a scoreboard business. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter about how hard you work. It's about the numbers you're putting up. And at the end of the day, you've got old man Grandpa Joe that's going to sit on the on – the, recliner on Sunday morning, drink his coffee, eat his scrambled eggs that Mama made, and pull out the Fayetteville Times. And when he sees, my God, power to hogs, five and seven this year. They need to get rid of that boy, Sam Pittman. He don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> but I can assure you, Grandpa Joe, if you go game by game, the hogs are going to be in every game. <laughs> Good Greek grandpa Joe. God, I hate you, Matt. <laughs> and speaking of hate, speaking of hate, we got one more thing we need to talk about to recap this week. All the hate in the entire college football world came crashing down in Boulder, Colorado this week. Dion and company, they got smashed. Now, if you're like us and you actually follow the sport and you remember that this team had the most turnover out of anybody in the entire FBS and went 1-11 last year. Need we remind you that Dion has already tripled their win total from a year ago? In four games. In, in, in four three, games. He, he did, did it in three, three games. He did it in three games and beat Nebraska, his in-state rival, and the team that went to the national championship last year. Yeah. But by God, Dion has been overrated this whole time with – what is your reaction to what happened to Eugene? Honestly, I I almost I almost convinced myself that Colorado was going to come out and play that game tough just because of the way that everything's gone with Dion. Like I didn't think they would win that game. I didn't think they should have even been close. I mean, what happened is exactly what should have happened. Colorado, they have the players like or they have some players, but they don't have the players that Oregon has. Oregon has years and years and years of recruiting. I mean, they're a top 10, top 7 probably recruiting school in the country in the last three years. Colorado is probably in the bottom 100. So, like, like 100 to 130. I bet they're ranked somewhere in there. I haven't looked at the stat exactly, but I'm telling you right now, I mean, besides the five stars that Dion's brought in this year who are first-year players in the Power Five or Travis Hunter, who honestly really didn't even do much at Jackson State, who and he was hurt for the game, obviously. But at the end of the day... This is what should have happened. Um, I think Dion's getting dragged more than I think he deserves to get dragged. I think at the end of the day, as we've said in our group message, it's really more of the media who is hyping up Dion to a degree that he really doesn't deserve to be hyped up. Not Dion himself, but Colorado in general, who was 1-11 last year and won their first three games this year, and everybody thinks they're a playoff contender. I mean, today I was reading on ESPN, they put out an article saying, is Colorado still a playoff contender? Why were they even in the conversation of a playoff contender in the first place? They beat Colorado yeah, State I, in overtime, double overtime. They beat TCU, 
who got murdered in the national championship last year. And granted, yep. huge program win for Colorado beating TCU. They were a yes. top 25 team to start the season, rightfully so, because they were in the national championship last year. We've seen TCU is not what they were last year. And TCU even last year was probably a little bit overrated. But they went undefeated last year, and they deserved to be where they were at. Um, and then they beat Nebraska, who is absolutely dreadful this year. They might even be worse than they were with Scott Frost. So it's just a little bit too much of boosting the Dion factor going on in Colorado. But at the end of the day, like we've said, if they go 6-6, six and six, that's a fantastic that's season. That's a massive that's a year. win. That's, that's a, a huge year. win for them. Here's my one thing with Dion. And he's, he summed it up perfectly. And everything that you said is 1,000% true. It. The one issue that I've had is for whatever reason. And, like, I understand the Dan Lanning video was to get his own team hyped up. And, like, they're doing this for clicks. We're doing this for wins. I, the irony. The, the irony in that, to me, is, like, you've got a human being in there filming you say that. Knowing that it's going to go viral because you're playing against Colorado are you really like yes you're 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 getting your team fired up and i it, that seemed like it should have been shot more at lane kiffin than deon sanders because look deon sanders yes he's doing the interviews but who wants the interviews deon's not saying yeah y'all come interview me they're reaching out to deon saying hey we want to interview you and when you're in a spot like deon where you've taken over this program that's been really bad but has a history of being pretty good historically and they've been in the on life support for the past 20 years what, what are you going to do? Of course you have to. And then I think Dion summed it up perfectly when he said, these coaches aren't coming after beating Colorado. They want to beat me. And he's like, I don't take it personally because, you know, I had my playing career. I got a gold jacket. None of these cats do. If they wanted to play one-on-one -on -one right now, I'd probably still smoke them. But I'm not playing against them. I'm not going out there and playing against their coach. I'm playing against their team. And they're playing against my team. And Oregon's got a better team than I do. So, of course, they should win. But don't go out there and say we're doing all this for clicks. Like, yeah, they're doing stuff that, that's getting exposure. They're also trying to win games. Yeah. They just are. And that's talking buffs. Yeah, look, I'll wrap this up real quick. The, the, casu the casuals are out in full force. And the media caused this. Colorado was never a national championship contender. They were never a playoff contender. We have said it a million times. If not, we're going to say it a million more. Six and six is absolutely a phenomenal year for Colorado. Dion has already tripled the win total the team had last year. Had a lot of turnover. It wasn't going to happen in one year. Anybody who thought that they could compete with Oregon, anybody who thinks that they're probably going to compete with USC this weekend is out of their mind. Look. It doesn't mean Dion's overrated. It just means the media got to let it get out of control. Matt, will you please bring me one of those as well? Oh, oh, thank you, sir. Matt just brought me a beer. I love it. But seriously, Colorado, look, that is, this does not mean the year's a wash. In any, and that doesn't mean that we should stop paying attention to what's going on in Boulder. We should. But look, it is what it is. If you didn't see that coming, you don't know enough about this sport. But... That's enough talk about the buffs. It's time to. This Matt brought me a beer. Cheers. Kind of pour one out and cut them off. And Whit, we're going to let you go first because me and Matt have a beer to drink. So I am pouring one out for Tuscaloosa. Once again, had a great time there. Fans were awesome. Uh, got to meet some good people. Got uh, 
couple frad dudes came in our face and were calling us out on the way out. But besides that, had a really good time. Also, part went out for the Yellow Hammer, the Rammer Jammer Yellow Hammer. Oh, it's a beautiful drink. It's a phenomenal drink. Uh, Nathan really wanted a beer before the game, and I forced him to get a Yellow Hammer, and he loved it. The uh, We did come up with a problem, though. The only problem with the Yellow Hammer is it was so dangerous that if we would have had more than one before the game, we would have been hammered. And it's also extremely sweet. So we switched the beer after that, um, which gets me to my pour one out and or uh, my uh, cutting. Oh, God. Words. What you I know. Your God, words. Man. Did you have yellow hammer before we recorded? <laughs> I've actually had six yellow hammers tonight, um, which gets me to my cut them off. And the cut them off is Miller Lite. For some reason. I've had this weird thing happen to me. Last three weeks, I'm telling you guys, like not trying to bash Miller Lite. If Miller Lite's listening to this, you're a phenomenal beverage, one of the most popular beers, if not the most popular beer. But I, I do just, not I can't drink this it. message, by the way. I can't drink it I, anymore. It is because it's because you become a I yingling. Disavow. I disavow. I dude, disavow. Yingling, yingling light. Um, I Bud Light's still good. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it on air. No. I'm gonna say it on air. Yes. I did have a I did I have a love, Bud Light. I do love Mick Ultra. I had a Bud Light on draft without the can, um, but I, it's mostly been Mick Ultra for me recently. So, but my problem with Mick, Mitch, Mick Ultra is too light. Like every time I drink a Mick, I Ultra, Mick Ultra, I, I just feel I like I'm drinking Mick like Ultra dirty still. water. But the, thus the Ultra part. Wait, that's the, that is ultra. the Ultra part of the. It's, too, it's, right, it's honest, ultra watery, is what it is. Honest, honest to God, Michelob Ultra is just bougie natty light. Yeah, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's all, I love it though. It's only it's only bougie because of the PGA sponsorship. <laughs> well, it's eight. It's it's freaking eighteen dollars for like a a six pack of or not a six pack, but like a twelve pack of bottles. No, it is. It's no. eighteen dollars for a twelve pack of bottles. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. Glass bottles. Yes, it is. It's oh, like eighteen. Who drinks glass bottles, Mister Fancy Pants? Oh, I don't. I drink aluminum bottles. I like the twist caps, man. See, I like I glass do. bottles. I like. I think beer tastes better from glass bottles. No, beer. It's colder in a can, though. I don't think so. It is. I Cans disagree. are colder. Disagree. Anyway, Matt. Anyway, I, Matt. I, I, I'm drinking well, Yingling. Well, was Whit done? Was Whit done? I don't know. Was he? Yeah, that was it. Just okay. cut, cutting off. But beer. you're a Yingling man now. I I do like Yingling. I like Yingling heavy. Yingling heavy is good. That's a good beer. I'm getting. I'm getting everybody on the Yingling, man. I'm still a Miller Lite guy. You're drinking a Yingling. How's that Yingling? It's good. I mean, it's it's not bad. But if I was going to go to the store, I will buy Miller or Coors. Those are my two beers. I've actually been buying more Coors Light recently. Ugh. Uh, See, I, I know I like Coors. I like Coors. I hate Coors. I, like Coors. I despise Coors. Like, like I, 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 I have been a Miller Lite guy since, of course, the first time I was legally able to drink at 21, which was the first time that I ever drank mm-hmm. beer. Naturally, no. Of course, of course. Naturally, no one, right? No one underage. No one drinks underage at Georgia Southern University. No, no one. No who one, drinks no. underage in college? Who drinks not underage me. at all, man? You follow the laws. Not, not me, me man. Twenty first birthday, first naturally, beverage. right? I, I disavow. Naturally, naturally light. Naturally, um, Anywho. naturally. So, Keystone. Uh, see, Keystone is the it's horrible. It's Coors Light, Natty Light. Yeah, but it's but it's worse. It's. I'd rather have a Keystone than a Natty. So I nah. describe I describe Keystone as the dog shit of beers. That's how I describe <laughs> Keystone. Well, see, it's a good marketing campaign. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like Miller 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 High Life Miller High Life, the champagne oh, of it's beers. Terrible. 
It is. And I I'm like as it. a Miller Lite guy, like I could drink. See, I don't like Bud Light, but I like Bud but I like Budweiser. I like Budweiser. Not anymore though. Naturally. What happened? Well, I don't know. I just as <laughs> as I aged, as I aged, I became, you know, let's, let's more not play of a that light. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Let's, let's stay anyway, away from that. Let's stay away from that. You're one. trying. You're trying to bait me into something, and I'm not Jalen Milrow. You're not baiting me into that pick. So do your damn. Point. Anyways, so this week, did you say I'm not Jalen Milrow? You're not baiting me into that pick. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like the old Aaron Andrews Les Miles question. Oh my lord. Jeez. It, I just wanna just wanna my my fit less miles, I'm gonna go into a rant, so we can't go there. But no, nope, <laughs> no, nope. Stay away no, from it. No, just do just so just, just do it, man. So tonight I'm pour, tonight I'm pouring one out for Charlie Woods. Tiger Woods son oh, shot dude. a 60, 66 in the junior world championship qualified for some I mean, dude's just a freaking stud. That was awesome. He, if if you watch any of the videos from it, I mean, he's got the dad's club twirl down. He he's out doing a practice round. Justin Thomas is out there hanging out with him. He hits a putt. He's walking it off. He's holding the putter out like he's. It, he turns around and does the money sign to his old man. He's like, "Pay up." He's hit. He's sinking putts from 15, 20 feet. He's making me feel even worse about myself. Although if I came from Tiger Woods loins, I also would probably be pretty good at golf. I mean, if we're just being real, there's, there's a, there's a factor. That's how you got to put that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else do you want to put it? Also, it's also true. Different. Also true. Very true. I mean, I mean, it's true. If you have the genetics, plus you have access to literally the greatest golfer of all time to teach you how to play golf. Like, I mean, and, and it, an unlimited supply of money to be able to play wherever you want with whatever club you want. It, and you apparent, have and you, apparently some good genetic loin. I'm not saying that you have no, I'm I'm saying that you like you have Tiger half of your DNA is Tiger Woods, who is the greatest golfer of all time. Listen, if I was born and bred for the balls of Tiger Woods, I <laughs> trust me, I'd be I'd be a pro level golfer. If you don't win the Masters and you're bred straight from Tiger's balls, there's something wrong with you. Anyways, Charlie Woods all-time golf golf kid i mean just like it i think watching his rise is going to be like the next generation generation's version of watching like Dale Earnhardt jr in nascar or tiger woods that's whenever, a good comparison whenever he was like it, it, he's he's one of those tiger woods is a meteoric figure and his son by default is just gonna be i mean it's, it's gonna be cool to watch him um uh, and I'm cutting off furniture. Um, and real, really, it's moving. It's not the furniture's fault. It's the moving's fault. Uh, moving from one place to another, I dropped a nice piece of furniture right on my middle toe. That's toe is black. Yes, it's I'm in the room oh, with gross. it, and it disturbs me. I mean, me. it's dis- it's disgusting looking. It is disturbing. Um, I mean, it, it and it's still it's still swelling. Like I can feel the heat radiating from my toe. It's highly uncomfortable. Um, wouldn't be having this problem if if you know I, I wasn't moving furniture and actually do it. But you know, how dare you better yourself and I'll, take a job? Yeah, I, I, it's um, it's 
love the job, hate the stress that is not have has nothing to really do with the job. It's the move. Uh, but aside from that, you know, it is what it is. You just pick up and you keep trucking. And on goes life. So we Chad, have uh, hold on. before Chad goes, we have breaking news really quick that I feel like I Uh-oh. need to read on air. Yes, please. So please, I, was, please. I was just sent an article from Dov Kleeman. He's a NFL reporter. And uh, apparently the Native American Guardians Association is suing the Washington Commanders and attempting to get them to restore their former name, saying that it has allegedly made defamatory comments, that the Commanders allegedly made defamatory comments, God, I can't read, attacking the association's integrity and has dishonored many years of Native American tradition and heritage. That is wow. very interesting. So here's my question. Are the Cleveland Indians coming back too? I don't think there's been any kind of legal uh, ramifications from them changing from the Indians name yet. I just, you know, personally feel like they never should have changed it to begin with. I- Chad, who are you pouring anyway, out for? Who you I'm, out for? Pouring, I'm pouring one out and Witt's going to roll his eyes, but I'm pouring one out for the PLL. What a great year. Ooh. Oh, shut your face. Go water dogs. They lost. They lost. Heartbreaker. They did. They lost. I'm also not a Water Dogs fan. I'm a Chrome fan. Who won? But uh, Archers. 15-14. But seriously, um, I'm a PLL fan. I'm the only lacrosse fan on this podcast. I'm the only one probably in the entire United States of America who watches the Premier Lacrosse League. Entire universe of America. Entire world. I do love me some lacrosse. Honestly, it was a great year for the PLL. Their attendance was up across the board. Their games on ABC and ESPN's major networks were ratings were up this year. A great game yesterday as well. I had split screen TVs watching that game. Uh, one point game in Philadelphia. I hate that the crowd wasn't bigger because it was raining in Philadelphia because I looked on Ticketmaster this week to see. And there was a lot of tickets that were sold for the championship game. So really big year, Matt. Don't you boo in that microphone I'm not, again. I'm not going to boo. I just have one question. Yes. We get 18 NFL Sundays a year, and you chose to use one to watch Premier League lacrosse. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like lacrosse. It was the last game of the year. It was the last game of the year. All right. Who are you cutting, yeah. who are you cutting off? And I'm cutting off Matt. <laughs> I wasn't oh going to cut Matt off, but I'm cutting off Matt just for being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going, this is we're just going after each other like this now. Like, no, no, no. It's 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 fine. <laughs> this is what happens whenever you drink iced coffee before you get onto the podcast. I got to bring the juice. That's why I'm so chatty, Kathy tonight. I can't shut up because I'm on caffeinated. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into Rowdy Southern Saturday. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five star rating on Spotify and Apple Music, and follow our social media at RowdyPod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.